The Podcast Show. Giving ideas a voice. Hey, welcome to the podcast show, the show where we feature the best and upcoming podcasters here in Asia. So I am joined today by a very special guest. Steve Stein is with me on Skype right now uh, from the host from Inside Asia. Hi, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Nice speaking with you. Nice speaking with you too. I'm excited. So um, let's begin with just a little bit about yourself. Um, were you? I understand that you're uh, dribbling between Bali and Singapore. Is that right? That's what I've worked out for seven years now. I've lived part time in Singapore and part time in Bali, and it suits me just fine. Ah, okay. Can you uh, probably run through with the listeners why did you do that and why did you start the story <laughs> behind Inside Asia podcast? Because I know there's a story behind that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I came to Asia 30 years ago as a journalist. Um, and I, that's, that's my, my kind of heartbeat, uh, interest. So I love to write, I like to communicate and I love the interview. And so that's something that's been with me my whole life. And even when I moved on and went into uh, consulting and, uh, and then on to executive search, uh, it was the interview, which was the one consistent thread that ran through my career. And at one point, as you know, I was a regional managing director for a large Chicago-based uh, executive search firm, and I was losing touch with people. I was managing the business, and I thought, I've got to get back to this. And by virtue of that role, I had access to such incredible people and a network that I built over 30 years. So I came up with this idea of just using those opportunities to start to speak with people who had unique perspectives, really insight about Asia and transition, and then bringing them to a broader audience. Um, and I'm now uh, 104 episodes in, about two years running, and uh, it's a weekly release, and I'm loving every minute of it. Right. When you first started it, was it in 2017? It was. That's right. I think it was around uh, May, April, May of 2017. Uh, so, yes, it's just, just over two years now. Ah, I see. So, but 103 episodes, you were saying? Yeah, it's it's 100, 104, I believe, we're up to. I, I think this week or tomorrow's release is 104th, if that's I'm a, not mistaken. That's an amazing amount of number for two years. <laughs> It's it's uh, it was a commitment. I think uh, almost weekly. I think in the last six months, I've become even more disciplined. So, with every release, it's every Friday. Uh, it's accompanied with a newsletter, that, a weekly newsletter that goes out to a network of about uh, eight to ten thousand people. Um, I have a WhatsApp community that I that I share information with, and I also release a LinkedIn article uh, that again kind of wraps it all together. So I'm looking for a multi-platform approach. Um, I typically script my idea or some of these uh, interviews. So at the end of each uh, half hour discussion, I do something called an Asia Insider Minute, where I simply reflect on what we just heard in the conversation, introduce a few ideas on my own, um, and push, I think, the listeners to think and to engage a little more on, on the subject matter. Right, right. So let's get, um, I'm trying to pull apart and break down your uh, podcast. So I like it that I saw on your website, it wrote conversations with Asia's leading movers, shakers, thinkers and provocateurs. That's actually a really nice sentence. But um, can you run through um, what is Inside Asia podcast about, probably for sure. the new listeners? Sure. Yeah, I think it's it's really um 
instead of going necessarily to CEOs or heads of corporations, I went to people who I thought were what I would call insiders or analysts or observers, those who were expert in certain areas in certain fields, whether it be healthcare or technology, uh, media, um, you name it, whatever industry, whatever area, whatever geography. I wanted somebody who didn't have a vested interest in presenting what they wanted, what they thought people wanted to hear, mm-hmm. but actually really picking apart and analyzing uh, and breaking down the issues uh, behind these trends, developments, or industries. So so that's my network. My network are people who are really kind of uh, top-notch insiders or top-of-their-game analysts. So they could be former journalists. They could be people who are in research. They could be people, people who are entrepreneurs, uh, private equity investors, uh, anybody who has a particularly unique and powerful view on, a, on an area or on a trend. Right. So uh, speaking of guests, you have some really interesting guests um, on your show. How do you source for your guests? Is it via your own network or email? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this has been one of the most enjoyable things because uh, by virtue of being in Asia for 30 years mm. and having worked across many industries myself over the, over that period of time, I've been across, I've worked in six different industries. I've been wow. in executive roles. I've been in consulting roles. Uh, I've been a journalist. So I had access to a really broad base of really interesting people. Mm. And so I just tapped that. I just started to go back and refresh those conversations, renew those those insights, they knew me well enough to, I think, have more of a conversation-based discussion instead of it being a hardcore interview, which isn't something that I'm really interested in. I don't want to beat people up. I want to kind of have peel, peel back the layers and let people start to share through story what they're learning and what they're seeing in the marketplace. Yeah, that's how that's how I function as well. It's so interesting to see from a podcast point of view how you can peel the layers and instead of like you said, instead of talking about everything business, it's the story that gets them there, which is interesting. Absolutely. And and story is it. I mean, that is the heartbeat. And those who can tell stories, my best interviews are ones who are great natural storytellers. I mean, uh, one of my favorite is Jim McGregor, who is a a China watcher and and he's been living in, in China for, I guess, 35 some odd years. He was the Beijing correspondent at the Wall Street Journal when I was the Hong Kong correspondent. So we've known each other for 25 years or so. Um, and and Jim has this incredible way of just being not only is he just very provocative uh, and, and and almost in your face, he's, he's very direct to the point where sometimes I wonder you know, why the Chinese allow him to remain in China. But his storytelling abilities are off the chart, which makes him such a wonderful, entertaining guest. Right. Yeah, that's actually quite interesting. I'm going to listen to that. Um, As all the podcasters know, uh, for the new ones or the seasoned ones, I think one thing that we have in common in starting anything, there would be difficulties in starting, you know, like a business or a podcast. What was your difficulty when you were starting uh, Inside Asia? I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, it's. I think just having it's. It's funny because I talked about this for six years yeah. before I got started, and finally a very close friend of mine looked at me and says, "You know what the hell are you doing? Are you going to do this or not?" Because I'm tired of hearing you talk about it. And I said, "What do you mean?" I, I felt almost kind of exposed. And so, how can you say that? He said, "You just go on and on about your podcast, but yeah. you're not doing it. The hardest part is getting started." And this is this actually is because of my daughter. So. 
she was going to Colorado College um, in, in the U.S. And um, I had come out and I decided, yes, I'm really going to do it. And she said, don't make any plans Saturday at lunch. I have you meeting my professor. He's a podcaster. He does production. He wants to hear about your idea. Aww. So I went, sat down. We spoke for three hours. His name was Steve Hayward. And Steve just said, let's do this. And he became an inspiration for me. He's a wonderful writer. And we spar and we talk about ideas. He had a guy, Craig Richardson, who was working with him and they did other productions. So I learned from the best. These guys were really world class. And, um, you know, I, I spent a, a fair amount of money to, you know, to get up and running. So financially, it, I, I took a hit. But to me, the joy I received from doing it so outweighed any financial commitment I made. And I learned and got better and actually learned to bring down my pricing. In fact, now my producer is my daughter, Becca. Yeah. And so she's actually taken over the production of, of, of the show as of about three months ago, which is a wonderful opportunity for me to work with her. And she learned off of her professor. Um, and now she's in the market as a freelancer and does this for others. Yeah. So I feel like it's just been a wonderful cycle. And so there's lots of benefits from this. Yeah. Yeah. I saw on your website as well. So you have producers for your show. Was it two of them or is it just your daughter solely? Well, it started with Steve and Craig, who were back in Colorado. Then it moved to uh, Nikolai and Bill Porman, who were here, based here in Singapore, and they took over for about six months uh, as I was transitioning. And then Becca, as she was graduating, had expressed interest in, in doing this. So I, Bill and, and Nikolai actually trained Becca to take over. And so now she's – I've been through three – uh, different groups of, of producers, um, all, you know, a nice transition. I've learned a lot, but my format is pretty clear. I now know between the music and the production and the scripting, the process, uh, the newsletters, it's really tight. So every week I'm getting more and more, even now, more and more efficient. Yeah. And that only comes with repetition and discipline and doing it on a regular basis, not willy nilly. So anyone out there who's thinking about doing a podcast, I say, commit yourself. Make sure that you set up a schedule and do it in a way where you feel rhythm and you feel like you've got that discipline. And then it starts to get easier and easier and more, if you will, almost like second nature. Right. Uh, for your show, for your podcast show, most of them are with guests, right? Yeah, everyone. So the format's very consistent. Uh, there's an opening. Sometimes I lead with a line or with a kind of a pullout quote. Um, I give a, a brief background. In we go. You know, about 15 minutes. I'll talk a little bit about the, the individual, their background, how they arrived in Asia, what their area of expertise is, and then well, the second half of the program. I'll and, and again, it's their personal story. So mm -hmm. it's an intertwining of the personal tale with the story of Asia, and it's almost like this this uh, this double helix feeling of somebody's personal story interweaving with what they've seen and observed in the region, which makes it rich and personable and conversation-based. And so that's very intentional. Um, and I hope at the end of that, the second 15 minutes that people go, we go deep, we go deep into some really interesting subject areas. I've done everything from lucid dreaming and the science of, of sleep to, you know, the kind of uh, the future of digital healthcare. So anybody who has kind of a forward-looking theme or idea or notion, uh, I, I welcome onto the podcast, and I, I really encourage people to to dare a little bit and be provocative with their thoughts. Yeah, uh, I heard the one episode about lucid dreaming with John S. Trailer that was re really interesting. I didn't mm. know there was a term for it until I listened to it, and I was like, "Wait, that was what I was going through." <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and Tony, you know, he, he had, what I liked about that conversation is that this is a guy who just doesn't talk about it. I mean, he, he has a day job. Uh, he's in the health tech sector. And you may have heard from that podcast that yeah. even though he's very good at talking about health tech, the really interesting part of the conversation came up in the part two. So I focused on that. And, and I think Tony appreciated that. And that's kind of his passion. So he lucid dreams and created a novel called Comatose. And now he actually goes around helping others understand how they can lucid dream. Yeah. So so again, you know, a, a, a lot of comments come back from the, even the strange or offbeat or a little bit of the outside. Uh, the normal are the kinds of uh, episodes that seem to do best. Uh, people really look for unusual, you know, eclectic stuff. Yeah. Speaking of content, you obviously have really good content. Is there any um, hacks to, did you, did you use anything in particular to market it? Like any platforms for for marketing. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, like I say, for me, I've gone taken a multi-channel approach. So, you know, I'm still, you know, I, every once in a while, I'll feature something on Instagram, or I'll be live in Bali, or I'll be out someplace, and I'll say, you know, featuring this week's guest, and I'll give a little video on this. I know Graham, you know, does such yeah. a great job using video and and promoting uh, some of the work he's doing, and I really admire that. All of you guys do it over there, mm -hmm. so I'm I'm trying to learn from that. But for me, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I feel that some people want to listen, some people want to read. Uh, some people want email and other people want to have it through kind of their social media applications. So I give my listeners options um, and sometimes they, you know, they'll choose whatever platform or whatever situation is best for them. I do discover that with podcasting and we might want to talk about this, mm. you know, the time and attention to pause or listening in Asia it doesn't seem to be as habitual as it is in North America, where, of course, you know, podcasting is wildly popular. Right. And I'm not exactly sure I know why. So knowing that people and even very senior, busy, busy executives say to me, you know, asking me to sit for and listen for 30 minutes is a real is a real big request. And I, I said, I get it. So if you can't listen, mm. read the editorial read the newsletter, read the LinkedIn piece, because that creates a synopsis or summing up of what was discussed in, in, in the podcast. If you really are interested in what I've written, then you can actually go and listen. So I encourage my listeners to read first and then listen, just because not everybody's going to be interested in the same themes or topics. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of that, I completely agree with you that the podcasting industry in America and in Europe is huge itself. Now that you've shifted here, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but you started your podcast here in Asia, right? I did. I did. It was uh, specifically uh, in Asia, on Asia, and that was my intent, being on the ground and being connected and in proximity to these you know, insiders and provocateurs and thinkers was important. And that's the unique value I have compared to somebody who's uh, doing a podcast about Asia from Europe or from the US. I don't think that they're as close to what's really happening. Yeah, even more when you're doing in Asia, do you see like, because as we spoke about it earlier on, in Singapore itself, the podcasting industry is growing. It's not that huge yet in comparison to America and Europe. But I think other parts of Asia, it's some parts of it are well known some parts of it are not as well do you have a rough idea what may be the gap in the middle i don't in terms of which markets are more uh inclined towards podcasting versus others is that what you mean yeah 
I, I actually don't. I know that there's, you know, there, there, I, the Japanese and the Koreans, I think, are, are large podcasting communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some really good work that's coming out of there. I know Indonesia is growing, uh, being a large market. I think language-specific or, 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 or uh, native language uh, podcasting is really important. English language, the language of business. Uh, most of that's being generated out of Singapore and Hong Kong, attempting to go regional. But I think, you know, very few have been able to do it. I mean, my listeners, it's interesting, um, about 60 percent of my listeners are Europe and North America. Yeah. So they're trying to understand Asia. Right. So outside in um, about 40 percent are Asia based and 20 percent of that 40 percent is China. Mm-hmm. So I the largest group of listeners I have in Asia come out of China which I think is really interesting. So, and clearly, you know, English speakers and English listeners. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually quite a good explanation. Um, for your podcast, uh, is there any memorable moments or episodes in particular that you can think of at the top of your head right now? <laughs> oh, there's been some great ones. I, I guess, you know, it was, uh, I, I try to find really relaxed environments. Um, I remember I with one, I went, I went beachside with a friend of mine called Peter Wall. And Peter Wall was uh, based in Bali. He'd been there for years, uh, six or seven years, left, went back to Canada and returned. And I just said, wanted him to reflect on his time in Bali and what the Balinese culture had to offer us and what he had taken home with him from his experience in Bali. It was a wonderful, interesting early on, one of my earlier podcasts. And it was just a great setting, a great conversation. And it really sparked. Um, others a little more testy, like I've gone back to Washington, D.C. and spoke with top you know, policy analysts, you know, people like Wendy Cutler at the Asia Society or, you know, um, some of the top people who are literally leaders in in their fields when it comes to U.S.-China, when it comes to trade. Um, And sometimes they're hard hitting. But I push people Mm. not too hard, but just enough to get them to commit to a view. I don't like people who are sitting on the fence or trying to play both ways or being diplomatic. I I remember one conversation I had with Frank Lavin, who is a former ambassador to the U.S., Again, that was early on. And Frank, if I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a great storyteller, very effusive and just talks and tells these stories. And the minute the mic comes out and it goes up, Frank puts on his diplomatic voice, his his executive voice, and he gets very conservative and very monotone and he's dull as nails. And I've said to Frank, you are so, you know, our our listeners are not getting the best of Frank Lavin. And he laughs and says, I know I've been trained that way. So I think in some ways trying to find somebody and getting people into a state of comfort and ease and feeling like relaxed is probably the best thing you can do when you're having a conversation based interview. You have to make sure the setting's right. The tone is right. The approach is right. And then you get people to open up in these wonderful ways. Yeah, that's very true. I learned that a lot while I am interviewing people as well. It has got a lot to do with being vulnerable as well on both sides of the seats. Great point. Yeah, great point. Yeah, as well. In fact, I think that's a wonderful what what you just said. I think as soon as you demonstrate that you're prepared to be a little exposed and that you're not coming in to kind of grill somebody, Mm. but you're in to try to understand. So if you're in that posture of help me understand this or could you explain that or I'm not quite clear or this isn't my area of expertise, how could you help my listeners better understand this theme? It's amazing what happens. Somebody almost feels like uh, called upon in a gentle way 
to share what they know. And that can make uh, that makes such a difference in, in the quality of, a, of an episode. Yeah, it is. I realize that actually works a lot. <laughs> um, what plans, since you've been doing Inside Asia for two years now, do you have plans for it? Where do you want to see it? Because like in Singapore and I think globally, podcasting is known, but how do you, where do you see Inside Asia? Where do you want it to be? Well, it's, it's funny because when I started, mm. the first six months, I just wanted to learn how to do this, do it well, create a high quality podcast, which I'm pleased to say I think we have. I think it's, it's, it's super high quality. It's, it's well produced. It's well executed. I think I've learned to be a better interviewer as I've, as I've grown. The second six months, I said, how do I monetize this? How do I make money off of this? That was the biggest mistake I made because – Frankly, what I love and what I discovered is I love the process. I love the people. I like the engagement and it helped me grow and develop and sustain my network. Yeah. But what's come from the process is that it's opened doors in dozens of different ways. I mean, and, and now I'm, I'm asked to come in as a facilitator for all kinds of conferences, events, uh, boards. Um, I, I now am in the middle of a lot of discussions and it also now has given me a chance so, to launch new businesses. So I'm now working with the Center for Creative Leadership. Um, I'm actually in market. I'm helping create a board uh, a, a product for them. I'm launching with the conference board a, a new CEO and board directors council, which will be announced very shortly. Mm-hmm. Haven't even mentioned anybody yet, but that's coming out. And we'll be recruiting CEOs and board members uh, on a membership basis to join and providing them with insights about some of the key themes and issues that are affecting uh, next generation boards. So all of these opportunities have come to some degree off the back of the work I've done to demonstrate myself as a as a, a, a conscientious uh, and in-depth interviewer and somebody yeah. who understands what are the key themes of the day. Interesting. Um, since we're talking about podcasts, what's your current favorite podcast that you're listening to? Oh, I'm a huge Sam Harris fan. So Making Sense. Mm. Uh, is is to me one of the most conscientious, thoughtful, engaging. He's a wonderful interviewer, extremely intelligent. He doesn't shy away from the from the hard conversations. In fact, he's taking on some of the stickiest and most uh, controversial themes of our day. Everything from white supremacy to Islamicism to you know all kinds of things around Me Too. Um, he's a he's a bold, brave, intelligent interviewer, and they're long, can be an hour, hour and a half long. But I've got time for Sam Harris. <laughs> I'm going to check him out. It sounds really interesting, especially the Me Too movement. It's huge in America. It is, it is, and it's creeping in elsewhere too. So it's just one of again one of the great themes of our day, and uh, it's time for change. And and that's 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 front and center in my opinion yeah um so for the new podcasters that would want to start out um do you have any advice for them on maintaining the lifespan of a podcast probably content wise duration or marketing consistency yeah i'd say like every great startup it's an experiment so don't be too precious or too absolute about what your podcast is going to be about Experiment, see where it goes, see how people respond, look at the analytics, check out and try to find out who your listeners are, who you're connecting with, who you're not connecting with, and then start to morph it, start to shift it. I mean, part of my inclination, where my interests are and where I'm seeing a lot of response from my listeners, they want to know more about themes on leadership and change and um, 
you know, corporate uh, corporate shifts and, and startup shifts and di- and everything that's happening with the the, the uh, digital dis, dis, uh, disintermediation. Mm-hmm. I think these are themes which are big. So I'm probably going to start to shift the theme of Inside Asia uh, in 20, 2020, um, just because this is where I'm getting the hits and this is what listeners want to listen to. Yeah. Speaking of a hex of maintaining the life span of a podcast, uh, we spoke about this earlier on we were talking about the episode that you had your wife on it and i just want to mm. say i really like that episode once again <laughs> i think the listeners well, should listen to it well thank you thanks for that i mean that's this you know Anne is uh I, i've been encouraging her for months to to join me as a guest and she's put me off put me off and i thought the hundredth episode the centennial uh and the episode would be a great opportunity so in bali you asked earlier about my life between bali and singapore we went down we sat by the river we found a comfortable space it was breezy Uh, you can hear the water and and the wind a little bit and we just had a conversation about her life and how she's evolved and emerged and what she does in the healthcare space and how she kind of helps and tends to people in in the recovery using holistic approaches which uh, are completely undermined in the West and obviously people in Asia understand and, and appreciate. And being in Bali, uh, a place of traditional practices and traditional medicine, she's learned a lot and brought that into her practice as well. So it was it was a wonderful chance to to you know with a very important and special person to have a, a great a great conversation. Yeah, that's why I like that episode a lot among others, which is you know the lucid dreaming and stuff like that because it's amazing what a podcast can do. It can actually connect people in so many ways, and you just did that with the closest person that is dearest to your heart. So. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And I encourage that. I think the more that you know somebody and I and absolutely I, I, I unabashedly will go and, and, and ask to have conversations with people that I've known for 10, 15, 20 years because I know them and they know me and there's trust. And therefore, I also have context and I understand how they've evolved and how some of their ideas have shaped over time. So I can have I can be a more intuitive interviewer than I can with somebody who I meet cold and I know nothing about. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really important tip for anybody who's thinking about their early guests. Find people who you know, where there's trust, where there's an established relationship, and you'll find that the uh, discussions will be a lot more fluid and interesting. Yeah. So we're coming to the and not yet, but we're coming to the game show part of the the show. Um, can you? Who would you like to see um, or recommend on this show next? Who do you think would be interesting? Oh, um, you know, there, there's so many that there's actually a couple that I like to talk about, but I'm not sure they're ready to announce. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I know that, uh, I mean, the one thing with podcasting now, and it's a good thing and bad thing, yeah. um, is that everybody now wants to get into podcasting. It's almost like a calling card. And, and I guess one of the concerns is you have to make sure you're doing this for the right reason. Yeah. Just like a successful journalist, a su- successful writer, you're writing for your audience. You're not writing for yourself. So if you really have something to say and something that actually can give people entertainment or enjoyment or insight, do it because you know it's providing a service. If you're Mm -hmm. doing it just to raise your own profile or it's a bit of an ego journey uh, or you think that, you know, what you have to say is more important than anybody else, I'd say don't waste your time and everybody else's time because there's enough of that kind of self-promotion going on out there in the world. And I I find it to be actually uh, uh, really, really uh, destructive in some ways. So, you know, for a while, everyone was, you you walk in, you meet somebody and when you leave, they say, oh, and by the way, here, have a copy of my book. 
So the yeah. new business card became the book that you wrote, you know, that you self-published. And now the new, new thing is here's my podcast. Please listen. So, so <laughs> we are, we, there is this risk to the podcasting industry, which is it'll be inundated with so much garbage mm. that you won't be able to filter through to find the really high quality content uh, and things which are uniquely tailored to your interests and your needs. That's a very sound advice. I realize that I agree with you on that as well. If it's just for promotion, what for? But I realize from interviewing a lot of podcasters on the podcast show, most of them do it because of the craft. They don't care that hmm. much about monetization or ads or sponsorship. That's what I learned and I I can relate to that. Well, it's like an artist. You know, yeah. I, I think that you, you, you speak to a writer, a novelist or a painter I mean, a novelist isn't a novelist because they're looking to make money. A novelist is a novelist because they, they're looking for a, a means of expression. Yeah. And if they do it well, they're they're recognized and rewarded, either directly or indirectly. I would say that that's true with podcasting. Do it because it's a passion. Do it because you care. Do it because you love to listen. And it's not about talking. It's about listening. So, you know, even though I'm doing most of the talking right now, it's fun to be on the other side for a change. But yeah. I really do encourage, and I think the best podcasters, my favorite interviewer of all time is Bill Moyers. And he used to have his own podcast. And Moyers was one of the great journalists of our day. He's retired mm -hmm. now. But if you've ever listened to The Power of Myth, his interviews with Joseph Campbell, it's a series of, I think, seven-hour uh, sessions. They're unbelievable. And Joseph Campbell uh, just responds so beautifully to Moyers. And Moyers knows just enough about mythology to ask the right questions mm. without imposing his view. To me, that's the model. That's If anybody hasn't listened to that series, that would be my highest recommendation uh, on the program. I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> mm. um, so the next... Uh This is going to be the past debate and game. This is a game where a previous podcaster will post a question for, you know, the upcoming podcaster. So I have a question <laughs> from a previous podcaster that was on the show, uh, Raisin Chu. He posed a question. If you need me, I'll repeat again later. If you are going to be stripped off of all your privileges on the day that you're moving to a new country for the first 30 days... How are you going to build yourself again? Oh, oh what a question. That's a great one. That's so what? so if you if you if you're basically just cast out yeah. and you have to build yourself up again in a market where you know nobody and know know nothing, what in do you do? Right. So yep. well, I, I think that's a that's brilliant. I think first you figure out a way to feed yourself because if you can't survive, you're not going to be effective doing anything else. So I think just doing whatever it takes and yeah. learning a skill quickly and figuring out how, how to, to function in a different environment and asking lots of questions and being gracious. Those are all the things I would be doing. Uh, I don't know. And if that doesn't work, I guess I'll, go, I'll become a beggar. But uh, that's that's about the best I can think. When he came out with that question, I was like, okay, <laughs> that's a good question. Because I can't answer it myself. So I was like, uh, what, would I, would I, what would I answer this question? But that's, that's but, good. Yeah, but I like it because it's actually in some ways is applicable to the idea of, so you want to be a podcaster. You know, exactly. what, where do you get started? And that's exactly right. It's like, you know, frankly, nobody knows until you know. And you just have to set your mind to it. Tell yourself that 
I, I, I can do it, you know, I'm capable and just start learning right. and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to get a few things wrong, but don't give up. Just stay true to the art and make sure that you care about it. If you're not passionate about it, don't do it. Just don't, don't waste your time and, and anyone else's. True. Once again, very sound advice. So Steve, where can the listeners find you? Yeah, thanks. Um, I, by going to www.insideasiapodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Or they can go to www.insideasiaadvisors.com, which is the business side of, of what I do. That's my advisory company. Um, you can subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, you can download and listen anywhere, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Um, and also, please uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, and uh, you can listen and, and see my weekly articles on LinkedIn. Good. Sounds good. They can listen to you um, for your podcast on different media platforms, right? Spotify, SoundCloud. Yep. Yep. Available on, on most most of the major ones. Um, iTunes tends to be the most popular, but yes, uh, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. Um, yes. Available on most uh, anywhere you download your podcast. All right. That sounds good. Thank you very much for your time, Steve. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. That was the podcast show powered by Pitch Media Asia. The podcast show is where we feature the journeys of the best and upcoming podcast hosts here in Asia. If you want to be a part of that journey, tune in to soundcloud.com slash the podcast show Asia, or you can contact me on LinkedIn to be on the show. My name is Shida Osman.